From the Ohio School Boards Association, I'm Scott Kerfin. This is Leading the Way, brought to you by Forward Edge LLC. A question I often get from board members when doing workshops about social media is, hey, my, my campaign has a social media presence. I have a social media account. My school district obviously has social media accounts. Out of all these accounts, what's considered a public record or which accounts are subject to public records law? I knew Tom Flattig, managing partner with Hennis Communications, would know the answer. So it's good to have Tom back on the podcast. Welcome in, Tom. And Tom, uh, what is the answer? So thank you, Scott. Well, first of all, let's let's do the, 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 the stipulation, which is I'm not an attorney. Uh, I don't give legal advice. Uh, but I have certainly worked with a lot of attorneys, uh, including Sarah Clark, uh, the Ohio School Board Association's general counsel. And right. this is clear. Uh, law about social media and, and a lot of these things that we're going to get into today is literally changing day, day to day. But, but this seems clear to me. And, and it is this. Whether something is a public record depends on the content of that post not whether it's your private page, not anything else. It is the content that determines whether it's a public record. So if you have a school board member and on their Facebook page, their personal Facebook page, they are posting about school matters, about board operations, about the school in any way, that could be subject to public records. And people need to understand that. So let's say you've got a board member, like you said, who, who has a Facebook account, their personal Facebook account, that they've got security measures in place, only friends can view it. However, if they start talking about district business on that page, it could be subject to public record laws. Could be subject to public record laws, and the district then has to apply its policies for retaining public records. Oh, wow. So okay. you get into a lot of of complicated issues here. So my best advice to folks is always draw the brightest possible line between your personal accounts and your professional accounts or your campaign accounts. And on your personal pages, do not discuss the school. Do not talk about the school. Do not talk about school matters. Now, <clears throat> this always brings a follow-up question to me when I talk about this. Yeah, but it's people know I'm a school board member. And what if they post comments or ask me a question about that? I believe that every school board member who has, who has their own private social media pages should establish working with the district and working with the district's communications folks and the administration should establish a policy for what to do with those. I think the most, the best policy is you take those comments, you respond, thanks for your question, I'm passing that along, and you send it to the district, to whoever the district designates. In many cases, that is the, uh, the, the folks in communications, but it also could be the right. superintendent, could be an assistant superintendent, and then practice that assiduously. There's no problem in saying, hey, thanks for your interest in our school. I'm going to pass that along to the appropriate people, but you don't want to start answering those on your page. I also then get, well, well, wait a minute though. What if it's you know something really innocuous or, or something really good about the school and I wanna put it on my private page? You know, the school just, there's a about the school play. 
the spring school musical. Right. And I put that on my page. You know, I wouldn't because I believe in drawing that really bright line. At you could post a link on your page to information about the musical. But when you get into that, you start to get into a gray area and you start, you may start to establish your private page as being a public record. Scott, I don't know anybody who wants their private social media pages subject to a public record search. Right. So you're saying just by starting to post these images, they're harmless. I mean, you're promoting the school district, the, the good things that are going on, that could lead, you know, a slippery Slippery it's a slope. slippery slope. And, and I'm yeah. kind of a strict constructionist about this. And some would say, you know, to a ridiculous level, because you should be able to say, you know, good things about your school district. And, right, right. You know, and I agree. I agree. But just if, if you do that, just go in with eyes wide open. And and in all cases, if you have any questions, confer with your school district's attorney. Makes sense. So, Tom, another question that I get often in workshops from board members is, hey, I've got uh, members of the public, they're, they're posting nasty comments on my social media accounts, uh, memes, all kinds of things. Uh, you know, trolls, as I guess they're called. Uh, can I delete those comments? You have to be careful because you're a public official. Um, and when you serve on a school board, you, you're serving a public entity. So can comments be deleted? Yes, but a couple of things have to come into play. Uh, first of all, you have to be consistent about that. You can't, for example, delete comments I don't like and keep comments that are positive about me or my school district. Um, uh, we, I always suggest that every school district, every public entity have a, um, a, a social media terms of use uh, somewhere. Uh, you can put it in your about section on Facebook, uh, put it on your website. And establish what's what's acceptable there, and say, you know, we don't accept profanity, we don't accept uh, sexism, racism, derogatory comments, we don't accept personal attacks. There's not a clear clear guidance here, and again, you should confer with your school attorney. But there certainly are school districts that have established those terms of use, and when something violates those terms of use, they will remove the comment and say, this is why we removed it. Now, here's the slippery slope there. My opinion about your school district doesn't necessarily violate your terms of use because my opinion is negative. So I would say a couple of things on deleting comments. Be careful. Uh, I would, again, confer with your school district attorney before doing so. Be consistent. Uh, make sure you're not, just, you're not just deleting negative things. Um, and if you delete, if you decide that, you know, we all decide we're going to delete this comment, don't just delete the comment because I guarantee you the person that posted it probably took a screenshot of your page with that yeah. comment up and a screenshot with it down. And they will now go on every social media page they have and say, look, they're censoring me. Right. Not, they're not, nobody really under, seems to under, really, truly understand what censorship is, but you've now got a new problem and you don't need new problems. The better practice, the best practice in this sphere for both private and public entities is if you if you choose to delete a comment, say you deleted it and say why. You know, we took that we took a comment down because it violated our terms of use and linked to those terms of use. But you always have to be aware that you are subject to all the rules 
and laws that cover public entities. So there have been a couple of court cases that have come up recently, and I think these were last year, right? One involving uh, former President Donald Trump, the other involving uh, an elected official in Virginia, right? Can you talk about two of those cases and how they may have implications here? Yeah, correct. The more famous one, obviously, is the one involving, uh, you know, then President Trump, who was uh, deleting um, comments from his Twitter pages or someone was deleting comments from his Twitter pages. And there were uh, there were lawsuits filed about whether as a public official, the, the president's legal team argued at the time, well, this isn't this is this is Mr. Trump's private Twitter account. Well, there were a lot of court rulings along the way. This kept getting appealed up. There were a lot of court rulings along the way that said, "Eh, no, he's talking about being president. He's talking about politics a lot on there. And really, you can't delete those. But we never got a final decision there. It made it all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. And guess what? Donald Trump wasn't president anymore. And the Supreme Court decided, "Ah, we're going to wash our hands of this. We don't want any part of this. And so that just hung out there. The appeals courts along the way were establishing that, no, you can't do that. The Virginia case was a little clearer. In that case, the uh, elected official, uh, uh, it was found that the elected official, in fact, even though it was a private page, and even though she said it was a personal attack, that the elected official should not have removed critical comments. Wow. So that's what we were just talking about. Right. Think, right. think again before you delete. Yeah. Think again before you delete. And, and you know, social media can be such a toxic place, but I am not arguing that that school board members should just avoid it. I, I don't think right. in this day and age you really can. And I and, no, and that's not- a good point. That is a good point. Social media is here. And that's how a lot of us communicate. It's not world, going to get information away. out. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going away. And, and look, it's not all bad either. There's a lot of good. I mean, right. think about how much easier it is now for constituents to get in direct contact with their elected officials. Think how much easier it is for elected officials, for school board members to know and understand what's going on in their community and what are people's concerns. There's a lot of legitimate concerns expressed on social media, a lot of good ideas come out of social media. So to just kind of wall it off and say, well, we're not going to be there. Well, first of all, I don't think you're going to be elected to the school board if you really take that position. Uh, Second, you're really kind of doing yourself a disservice then too, because it has become, for better or worse, it has become our town square. Very true. Another question, one other question that I got was, uh, can I tweet during a school board meeting? You know, I've never gotten that question. That's a that's a really fascinating one. You can, you can, yeah, but that's a public record. It would Obviously be clear a to me. Record. Yeah, yes, I, if you're doing it on your personal Twitter, but you're talking about gonna, your, yeah. your school board meeting, right? Right. And I wonder too. Uh, well, they're already meeting, so in terms of violating the Open Meetings Act, that's not going to be the case because you're in meeting. But I have got that question before too. Yeah, I'd be really careful about that because they're meeting, so yeah, you wouldn't be violating open meetings right. law. But I, I believe you're establishing a public record, and again, then you're subjecting your who's who's taking care of that record, who's keeping right. track of it, because the school district, your school district, and you're charged with a fiduciary duty of protecting your school district, you now may have imposed an additional burden on your school district. 
One thing is, uh, and additionally, just let me just say this, just optically, I don't want to go to a school board meeting and see my school board members on their phones. Right. Makes sense. But one other point I want to bring out is that social media chatter, you get, let's say on Facebook, you get several board members starting to have a discussion on something. Then it could become a meeting in terms of the law. You got to throw the red flag. Yeah. You know, and, and this happens, right? So let's say I'm a, I'm a school board member and I am, ha- and I'm communicating with three of my other school board members and it's a five member board. Right. You may have just established a quorum and right. now you're holding an illegal meeting. Right. Right. These are all things to think about, Tom. Uh, bottom line here, just recap for us. And I think you said it is be very careful on how you, you know, when you've got so many accounts that are open. Yeah. And, and you got a private Facebook account, for example. Great. Have at it. Post pictures of your kids. Talk to your old friends. Right. Talk to your old high school buddies. Talk about sports. Don't talk about the school. Don't talk about the school. And it makes a lot of sense. Tom, uh, Hennis Communication is a partner with OSBA. And uh, you guys have been a great partner. And Tell us a little bit more about Hennis and what they have been doing for Ohio school districts and actually school districts all over the country. Yeah, so we're a uh, what a preferred partner for the Ohio School Boards Association as well as the Florida, Arizona, and Indiana School Board Associations. Now, what that does is is it's it's a benefit we think to member school districts. They have immediate access to us. Um, we're available on a twenty four seven basis. The initial consultation, if you're if you're an OSBA member, is free for this. So that initial 30 minute and and believe it or not, I have worked with school districts and in that initial 30 minute consultation, gotten them what they needed. Um, but the, the biggest thing is that you have access to us. We are happy to come to your school. I've gone to a number of schools and done presentations as I've done at OSBA conferences. Um, and, and we just want to build a relationship with school districts and school board members so that we're available during some, you know, pretty challenging times to help you with your communications work. We're very comfortable working with attorneys, very comfortable working with the school district's communications folks. Uh, and, and basically, we want to, as, as you've heard me say over and over, we want to help you tell the truth. Yeah. And, and that's one of your, tell the truth, the whole truth. Yeah. <laughs> yes, tell the truth. one of your phrases. Yeah. Tell the truth. <laughs> tell it fast. and Tell, tell it fast. It that's it. Yes. <laughs> Tom, thanks for being here. Uh, great information as always. And uh, thanks to our sponsor too, Forward Edge LLC. Thanks again, Tom. Thanks, Scott. Student transportation is a tremendous responsibility for boards of education. It not only involves buses and drivers, but careful planning and an awareness of a multitude of laws, rules, and regulations. To help districts improve the effectiveness of their student transportation systems, OSBA's Transportation Services team is prepared to assist districts with issues such as safety, operations, and financial matters. OSBA even offers a unique subscription service to support districts with their transportation needs, the Virtual Transportation Supervisor Program. 
Learn more about VTS and other transportation services at www.ohioschoolboards.org.